Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. Well, Conrad, how you been this week? Uh, I'm pretty good, thank you. We've been preparing for Christmas insofar as we can now that we're all in, uh, well, you're not, but I'm in like a national lockdown, like, well, it's not a national lockdown, it's a southeastern lockdown, um, so we can't do anything, but we're preparing for Christmas nonetheless. How about you? The seven times super spreader. Um, I um... Oh wait, Christmas has passed for the listeners, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, so forget all of that. It's fine. Christmas went great and we're getting ready for the New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Christmas went great. Uh, I am now in a lockdown because uh, that's happening after Christmas for me. But uh, yeah, so it's it's all going well, listeners. It's all going well. It's We're great. almost at the end of dark and it's feeling a bit sad, but also a bit hopeful in the future. Um, there's going to be a big announcement next week for the channel. I said it yesterday uh, on in a text post on the channel, uh, in, on the YouTube channel. So uh, look out for that. If you want to guess what that could be, Go ahead. <laughs> There's going to be someone going. You're going to be interviewing Baron Bode, or no? That's yep. not what's happening. It's. Uh, I'm being it's, replaced it's a... by Lewis Hoffman on the After Dark podcast. Uh, oh, how did you find out about that? <laughs> I'm, so he, I'm stepping he, down. He, he's never watched it actually. He's only ever been in it. So we're going to go through it episode by episode with Lewis Hoffman. I bet he gets uh, everything wrong. Idiot. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, he will. Yeah, he's just an actor. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, it's all, all all good fun over here. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Kids were all happy with their presents. <laughs> Santa was good. Santa was good. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I have I have yet to use Santa as a um a disciplinary warning yet. So oh, I'm happy. okay. So it'll happen eventually, I'm sure. That's why he was invented after all. But uh it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to see. <laughs> to discipline the Christians by like by the Romans or whatever. Like hundred <laughs> percent that's why Santa was invented. Just to because yeah. all year Santa won't be coming. Like that's that's all people say all the time. Yeah. Um, either that or he was just invented to sell Coca-Cola, you know. It was um like the, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes when, when like a child is misbehaving on a train or something, um, their their parent, like their mother or, or father will be like, the man's going to come over and tell you off in a second, just point at a random stranger on the train. <laughs> like the man's getting very cross with you. And that's essentially what Father Christmas is as well. Just this, this <laughs> yeah, third yeah. party in the parenting relationship that, that sort of looms large in the background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I he, there's always a threat. Like he's like he's a big mob boss. It's like yeah. you know, have you been good for Santa this yeah. year? <laughs> yeah, he's like talking with his elves. Like, hey, scratch this one off the list, boys. He's been bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna come over and pop a cap in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> My gift to you this year will be a pair of concrete shoes, you son of a bitch, and then <laughs> just throws you in the Hudson. Yeah, that's well, that's 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 where he came from, Brooklyn then, Santa. And then Coca-Cola, obviously, they made him much more powerful with the red yeah. suit and all. But he just used to he used to wear a hat and he used to wear like a, a pinstripe suit. Um, yeah, and he bootlegged whiskey out of Canada during Prohibition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's well, that's you know, that's the truth. The true story of Christmas. Yeah. That's um, what the government don't want you to know. Exactly. No, but uh, I actually haven't been on a train with my children in a long time because because uh, of because of uh, COVID. But uh, but no, um, I. I I, I am not going to be like I'm a teacher, so I already don't mind like you know telling people off in front of other people. 
So uh, I'm I, I you know sometimes you're on like a train or public transport and like a kid's going mental and the yeah. parents are just like sitting trying to ignore it because they're too embarrassed to tell the kid off in public. Yeah. I'm not going to be that parent. <laughs> like, would you would you tell their kid off though? Like tell someone else's kid off in front of the parents? Uh I don't think I would do that. Cuz uh, that's it depends, like it's, it depends what they do. Uh I think um there was one time my wife had to tell off another child at the park because they just run over and push Ned over or something. Yeah. So then, then, uh, then, so there had to be like, you know, Ema had to be like, you need to stop. You know, she did told told off the child. Um, but but I don't think it was a proper telling off. It was just pretty much like just get away from us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there's that that's that's a real tricky situation to get into. Yeah. The the idea of like navigating the politics of like a playground or park where you may have to discipline another child because they're bullying yours is a nightmare. (laughs) Why I the only reason I would do anything in that regard is to show my child that they can't get away with it either. Yeah. I'm not going to try and change that child's life. You know, let's be honest. One person <laughs> at the park telling them that to, to stop doing something isn't going to shape their life. Yeah. Um. So we'll let the parents take care of that in general. There's always going to be people who are going to push people over in the world. Yes. You just have that to teach true. your kids how to deal with it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there we go. Let's. Uh, that's parenting 101 for you guys. Uh, <laughs> Tune in next week for Dark Episode 5, Season 3. <laughs> uh, right, okay, you want to get into the episode? Yep, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! So the episode opens with uh, Claudia Tiedemann dragging a body and burying it. Turns out to be Regina. And then straight from there, there's a voiceover, who, who I assume is Eva, but I was watching with the dub, so I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure it was Eva. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had that little, little yeah. Voice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Eva in the dub is actually Scrappy Doo. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So then uh, they they go into like a bit of a little montage across her speaking with like the side to side split split screens again. What was your thoughts on this opening, Conrad? Um, I think it's a very clever opening. It's sad to see Claudia. Claudia is like heartbroken here, as as understandably so her daughter has just been murdered i wonder if she knows that she was murdered or not actually uh she died in bed and she probably doesn't have the tools to determine cause of death um so I, maybe... I would assume at this point i assumed no she didn't i thought yeah like, you know, she was quite tra- sick so tragic death of a of a cancer of someone suffering from severe cancer who went through an apocalypse as well so yeah yeah she did well to make it this far to be honest all things considered yeah. uh, but yeah it's a really clever opening um i think uh, the the move from claudia and regina to ellie and peter and then finally to katarina um is smart because the monologue is talking about death and the inevitability of it and the sort of human compulsion to try and avoid it and very subtly we are being introduced to almost all of the characters who will have some interaction with death in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's one that isn't shown. Um, that's a fairly significant one, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's one of those um, sort of structural uh, scenes that is really clever in retrospect. You're not, not, not necessarily sure what it's showing you when it's happening. And then you look back at it at the end of the episode and they're like, Oh yeah, that showed me everything I was going to see in this episode. Yeah. It's basically a contents page for the episode. Yeah, and can we just take a moment, please, and talk about the way Peter's standing? Uh, yeah, he is weird, isn't it? It's just like it's kind of like his his arms, yeah, are odd. Yeah, uh, Nikki Glaser, uh, look up her her on Conan O'Brien. Uh, I was watching it last night. Comedian, she talks about the way to stand, uh, where a woman has to stand if they want to look good. It's really hilarious. Uh, okay, but um, 
but uh yeah that's why he was standing like like poke, poke, poking his bomb out like it was really weird like yeah and, and it yeah. was really weird because both versions of him were doing the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know the, what are the, the chances the, the apocalypse might have happened but he's not gonna lose that sass that that yeah. that like runway style but uh runway what's it what's it, it is a fashion runway isn't runway it? yeah yeah they don't take off or anything but it is runway <laughs> Um, so that's a weird name. Someone, no one should have. Someone should have thought of a better name for a fashion walk than runway. Yeah, they don't actually you... run. They don't run at all. They don't run, and they're not planes. So what? Is, what's happening? Maybe the run, maybe the fashion runway was was invented first, though. That's probably and then whenever true. they brought they brought the first plane out to show everyone. It's like, well, what do we call what it's on? Because you know we have to. Yeah. We're showing the plane like it's it's like a fashion show. It's yeah. like all right, we'll just yeah. call it a runway for now. Yeah, yeah it turned yeah. out the Wright brothers were really into fashion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think they were. Um, well, back in those days, it looks like they were, but back in those days, everyone dressed cool, you know? Uh, well, dark hat begs to differ, frankly. Everyone wears, like, grey in <laughs> in those days in this. Well, I suppose Strange, Stranger is kind of the right brother of this of this world. He looks cool. Oh, yeah, he's dapper. He's yeah, dapper. he looks cool. Right, okay, so then we get the, uh, again, randomly, they've decided this time... Uh, we are going to put the, uh, the the title card of the episode back in the correct spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on here. This is the, my main criticism of Dark, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I, I, I want there to... I'm predicting that this isn't going to go in the Theory Matrix, but I'm predicting this now. By the time this season has ended, I reckon there's going to be a late title card where like, literally the entire episode will finish and then it will cut to black and it will just say Dark and then it will roll credits. <laughs> like that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're heading towards here. That's like the end of a Chris Nolan film. They all he always puts the name of the the name of the film at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Late title. A big yeah. fan of a late title card. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna love the OA, right? Okay. So uh, then, the the I'm gonna have a go at this first because obviously we we know what it is. So I'm gonna try and then Conrad will correct me. I'm pretty sure I'll get it right though. Uh, Lieben und Todd. Um. Yes. I I've always heard death pronounced as tot. So with a T, but I don't know if it's actually maybe a slightly different Tod. word to this. Yeah, Todd. Todd. Yeah, as Tod. I think it's but... it's yeah, it's, it's all in the pronunciation, isn't it? I think there's a, there is a difference between tot and tot. I think the way that the, the D is pronounced in German doesn't quite come across as a T to me. It's like somewhere in between the two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, our faithful listeners will correct us, of course, because we have plenty of German speakers. Um, yeah. in in there who can pick up on on our mistakes and and we are appreciative for it um, yeah, i've actually got a german-speaking family friend staying with me for christmas right now uh, oh yeah you do so maybe i'll ask her after this but uh but uh <laughs> she wouldn't want to come on the camera but uh basically one thing i'll say about this right and this is like just like analyzing the german language for a second rather than dead rather than dark what i didn't believe when i first heard the word tot or whatever it is in in the in the episode in in dark i didn't believe that that was a word for death because for me, it seems so like malice or something. Like it seems like really like, you know, oh, he's Todd. You know, it, it's like death to me sounds less harsh than just Todd. Like, just, yeah. You know, it's such a harsh word for death for me. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's very definitive. It's yeah. sort of like single syllable. This is the end. The the finality of, of your life has come to this, that has, you know, concluded in this moment. It's Todd. You're out of yeah. there. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, I I I can't decide whether I like it as a word for death or not, but it's 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 really impactful anyway. Mm. Um, okay, so I, I um I was just going to mention before we moved on. I mm -hmm. maybe have misremembered this, but I think the credit sequence was different for this episode. I think the actual uh, title, the the image shown underneath the title, is of like a kind of 
I don't even know what it is. It's like glowing kind of bluey white stuff, um, mm. which I don't think it's been before. I don't know what it was. It just struck me uh, when I saw it that that didn't look like something I'd seen before. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for the next episode to see if it's the same again, and then we can analyze analyze it further there. Because um, if, if they are changing it halfway through the season, you'd imagine there's some meaning for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I might just be losing my mind, and it could be the same as it's always been. But uh, I, I obviously haven't got a good track record with paying attention to credit sequences in this show yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so we then get uh, Adam talking to... Uh, Charlotte, Charlotta, yeah. and uh, they're standing next to one of the big, the big uh, monster things. Uh, yeah, the big the mo- bug, bug monster cocoons. <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Adam's could they not have had this meeting somewhere else? Like they're surrounded by like ha- hung corpses and cocoons. It's like just go inside or something. Just go somewhere where there aren't bodies everywhere. Maybe. Well, I, well, I think from what we've seen, I think that they're in the caves, aren't they? That that's where like sort of yeah. Sigmundus are in this in this time. So I think like to get a bit of privacy, they have to walk out into the forest, pop outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, uh, I think Adam's saying to Charlotte here, you know, will you be able to do what you need to do? You need to do it, you know. And then mm-hmm. she says, well, will you be able to do what you need to do? I go, oh, well, I will be. Yeah, you, you do what you need to do. I'll do what I need to do. <laughs> so what did you think of this scene? Um, I don't fully know why Charlotte. How how Charlotte was introduced to Adam, um, or why she trusts him. To be honest, um. It seems like a bit of a jump for her character to side with someone who, presumably, given who her daughter slash mother is, uh, she knows is trying to essentially destroy both worlds. Um, I'm not sure where this where this trust comes from. I think that there's a theme within Dark. Whenever characters do find out, and we'll find out in this episode that Eva is maybe the exception to this. But when characters find out that their existence, well, actually, you know, Eva actually wouldn't even be in this. I don't think. I don't think she would count towards this. I don't know. No, she would actually. Yes, because obviously, both of the Nielsen lines come from Jonas and Marta. Originally, we found that out in the original, uh, in yeah. the last episode. So she would like. So they're sort of not meant to exist without time travel. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And characters who find out that in this show inevitably come around to the idea that there is something dirty and there's something wrong about them. And mm. a lot of them come around to the idea that they should seek this paradise world where where those little fuck ups in the in the time don't don't happen. Mm. Uh, Eve is the exception to that, which we find out in this episode. But but that's sort of how I'm thinking. I think Claudia, no, sorry, uh, Charlotte has went on a, th- a journey in her own mind, and I would imagine that the way Elizabeth talks about it, well, signs about it, and the way that uh, Adam talks about it has won her round to the idea that that she shouldn't exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I wonder if he has told her, uh, he being Adam, has told her and Ellie that his plan is to destroy both worlds, to unpick this knot. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Oh, um, not sure about that. But uh, definitely... That was the thing I was struggling to... I I feel like... I I, I totally see where you're coming from. I think if, Mm -hmm. if... the 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 case was presented to her like as look you shouldn't really exist there's this knot at the center of everything and everything that has come from that is tainted by this corruption and we need to undo that corruption and let the the, let the chips or the cards fall as they may um i could see her getting on board with that but i think if adam has been honest with her and ellie and said the reality is this might just destroy everything um Mm -hmm. i find it hard to believe that she would be on board with that 
uh, I would like to have seen another scene between these two um, characters just establishing what he's actually told her. Maybe we'll get that in, um, in a I think, future episode. Yeah, I also think that you can't really give too much away in terms of what Adam's goal is. Yeah. Because um, if we knew why she's bought into it, it would maybe give away too much of the game for the viewer. But yeah. also, it might even just be that Adam wants Charlotte to continue doing what has always happened mm. uh, so that when he does what he wants to do, that uh, then that everything's in place to do that. So she might actually just think that she's continuing it so that her, that her daughter can still be born and she can still have her family. Like she might think that she's preserving something, uh, yeah. whereas he's actually pulling the wool over her eyes, which we've seen him do before. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. One day until the apocalypse. Mm, we're getting close. Ein Tag bis It's beginning apocalypse. to look a lot like apocalypse. <laughs> it is. It is again. Although <laughs> yeah. this time it's it's much darker. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, this 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 world actually looks like it's going to be it's going into an apocalypse. Yeah. There isn't actually much if you cuz the cut from the, the post-apocalyptic world in the prime world to the alt world uh, 2019, the cut actually doesn't look, the, the, the lighting and everything doesn't look too different. Like, yeah, everything's like color graded. I mean, there's a lot of color grading in dark anyway to kind of mute out a lot of the colors that aren't yellow. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's very kind of like gray and, and kind of like a musty blue. Um, very so foggy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one more day. <clears throat> one more day. One more sleep till apocalypse. Catch them as they fall. Right, okay. Uh, so this is uh, Jonas waking up with a nightmare, as usual. As yeah. usual, you know. Shoulder on the hand, uh, uh, hand on the shoulder spookiness. Yeah, I think Depends. I'm going to have this. Uh, in see, about 15 years, I'm going to have this with my first son because uh, he, he gets night terrors every night. So I'm going to be waking up in the middle of the night and saying, what did you see? I saw you, daddy. I saw you. I saw, I saw you covered in oil. All right. Um, so then we get uh, Marta is next to him, but he sort of, he dreams that it's his Marta. And then he wakes up and sees the alt march. He's like, oh, "Don't like a fringe." Um, so, what do you what do you think about this idea that he's still having nightmares and waking up and all? Um, I, I well, I like the the return to uh, yeah the the, the shot of uh, Jonas facing the camera and the the, the hand kind of creepily uh, mm. touching him on the shoulder. That's been used a couple of times before, or at least once before with Mikkel. And yeah, it's interesting that her um, alt self, Marta's alt self, is the subject of a nightmare. For Jonas, mm. it's as if he senses something is profoundly wrong with this relationship, um, despite his, let's say, more base instincts to uh, to be with her. But uh, th- yeah, and, and and I don't think she necessarily feels that, or certainly at this point in her life, she doesn't feel that. When when they get up, it seems like she wants to tell him that. I, I don't know if she would have said that she loves him if if the situation was different, but it definitely feels like a very um, it feels like a gap in the conversation that was left there to let the viewer fill in their own dialogue. And and for me, Marta's dialogue there would have been a declaration of affection, if not outright love for Jonas. Yeah. And also, I think that Jonas is going through something because obviously Jonas has the past. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going through some stuff. Yeah, he's going through some stuff. He's, he's got the past of having the other, the other Marta. Mm. And I think, I personally think he's feeling the same sort of things towards this Marta, but he's questioning, do I just feel that because of my Marta? Yeah. Or do, you know, so this whole thing going on, it feels to me in this last few episodes that this sort of fate has determined that these two should be together. And whenever I was watching this first time, I was questioning then, like, the idea of, like, you know, is the reason why he had a real affinity for Marta in his world is because 
you know, he like the fate was drawing him towards Marta from the alt world, and yeah. like, and, and so therefore, it, she was sort of because she was basically the same character but slightly different. Like he was drawn to her as well. Do you know what I mean? But this yeah. is actually the true Marta that, that that time was pushing him towards. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the really smart things about the writing in this show is that those kind of this unseen force that kind of propels characters towards each other it make it's purely by its existence it makes you question the relationships uh those characters have with each other in in the other worlds uh yeah. so as you, as you say was his relationship with his martyr just a precursor to to this relationship with alt martyr and we have seen forces reach across worlds like martyr herself her, her oil force ghost mm-hmm. uh you know seems to exist in both in both worlds so there is there is some intangible uh force that pulls pulls characters together i think yeah exactly okay so then they go downstairs and uh we get the moment that you referenced in episode 28 of the dark to dark podcast katarina <laughs> doesn't like the fact that yodas is here uh no. also she's been up worried all night because marta hasn't been around i mean she could have just gone and checked on the on the door like and you know knocked on the door and been like yeah is that you having sex in there marta like it's you know it's not that's one of those teenager things though if she'd went in marta would have been like what the hell i said stay out of my room and then the next morning when she didn't go in her room and says where were you all night she goes i was just in my room you should have come checked you know so impossible to win also you can't win either way um i I think it's it's quite um noticeable that even in this world katarina just hates Jonas in in every in every incarnation yeah i feel like the only time i've seen katarina be nice to Jonas is in uh episode five of season two in the kind of before the storm episode where everything's fine like that's that's the only time i've seen them have a conversation where katarina hasn't been seething with rage at Jonas's very existence yeah and i like the idea of like you know coming down who's this Oh, hi, Granny. Nah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. I'm Granny slash... Sex with my auntie. Uh, Granny slash great granddaughter, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Because she married into the Nielsens. Yeah, I know, but Katarina wasn't born of Nielsens. No, but I mean, she's still a great granddaughter through marriage. Oh, yeah, in law. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. But, you know, you, 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 you want to bring her into the family. You want to be inclusive. No, I know, but you know, if that was creepy, then we we all wouldn't we we all wouldn't like uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, well, I'm gonna leave that where it lies. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm not gonna speak about it. <laughs> One might say that is creepy, but <laughs> yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, right, okay. Next up, we have uh, Katarina and old Ulrich in the mental institutiony place. Yeah, and uh, she's basically saying, "I'm gonna get you out of here, boy." And she's cooking up a take- plan. And if we're taking you, we're taking your old ass home. We may as well take Mikkel as well. Yeah, yeah. She, he's, he's not as good looking as he once was, but she'll take what she can get at this point. And uh, still got and, the twinkle. He's still yeah, got he's still the got twinkle. the twinkle in his eye. Uh, and and they might as well bring Mikkel back with them while they're at it. <clears throat> okay, so um, there wasn't actually much else. There's a lot of setup in the first half of this episode. Yeah, the, the first half of this episode is pretty much all preamble to uh, the the fucking freight train of a second half of this episode. Where it's it's ridiculous the change of pace. Quite frankly, I would agree. And then there's also the next scene, uh, randomly that it's like. We haven't heard from HD Tanhouse in a while. Yeah, let's, let's check in with Tanhouse. Let's give him a bit of backstory. You know, we, we, yeah, we we built him up so much in the first season. Let's give him a bit of backstory. Yeah. And so he had uh, he had a son and a daughter in law and a wee uh, granddaughter too, mm. and they died in a car crash. Um, and Charlotte 
wasn't that baby. That was a big sort of mic drop. That's not you in the picture. We obviously yeah. all knew that was going to happen because we, we, she had told us before as an adult that that wasn't her real uh, grandfather. But yeah. uh, what did you think about this little bit of backstory for Townhouse here? So I think uh, I had I had two thoughts really with this scene. The first is that it was nice to see Townhouse um, get some a moment to uh, get a moment to sort of flex his his dramatic wings a bit here mm. um he does a lot of heavy lifting in this in this scene i really really enjoyed the performance i also think it's that there's some quite cool expositionary stuff in here um so the idea that two women uh brought charlotte to him mm. um on the same night that his uh daughter wait did he say it was his son and and the woman he married right yeah yeah, it's so, so son, son and daughter-in-law and his granddaughter were all killed in a con- very convenient car crash, almost as if that was carried out by the same people who were bringing the uh, bringing <laughs> Charlotte to him. Um, and we do see two women time traveling in this episode, uh, and uh, yeah, I feel I feel like by the end of this episode, it's pretty clear who is bringing him Charlotte and Ellie and who is killing his. Uh, killing his his family in this car crash uh you know being either ellie and charlotte or i guess it could be agnes and charlotte because agnes is off time traveling as well but i'm pretty sure agnes is going to to speak to claudia so um yeah ellie and charlotte i think are going to basically bring a young charlotte to uh to townhouse and then kill his kill his family which is a a, a, you know very a very brutal example of uh, and yet another paradox in this show okay really cool um now, at the risk of sending you down about a million different rabbit holes uh, with no guarantee of light at the end, um, yeah. why did they mention that the baby wasn't found in the lake? Oh, I missed that, actually, to be honest. Mm. So, th- so they, he they... said that the, 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 uh, her, his son and his daughter-in-law's bodies were found, but the baby's body was never found. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder. Well, okay. So I'm going to jump forward a bit here. I hadn't thought about that, but I'm logicking this through in my head. By the end of this episode, my Hannah is Peter Doppler's mother theory <clears throat> was basically dead in the water because uh, when Peter turns up later in the episode, he says, uh, "My mother is dead and my father is here," but Hannah is in 1986. So that was a weird. Basically, that the way he says that makes me think, okay, I don't think Hannah is his mother then because Hannah is in 1986. Um, albeit, well, Hannah is a teenager, not his. Yes. Yeah, but, I mean, not his Hannah, but, but he would but, also rec- he would 100% recognize his mother uh, later in life whenever she's there in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, so I feel like, uh, like basically that line that Peter says later in the episode, I was like, okay, I don't think Hannah's his mother then because that's a weird way of saying that if she is, mm-hmm. which makes me, which makes me think, okay, who is Peter Doppler's? Um, Peter Doppler's mother, um, and it could potentially be, be, uh, be H. G. Tanhouse's, um, Tanhouse's uh, daughter here. I guess there could have been, been infidelity. Could have been in this relationship, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, that's that's interesting though. I I hadn't. That's uh, a really I... on the spot theory though. You don't have to, you don't have to commit that to the matrix. But I, keep like have a have a think about that. Um, yeah. And as I say. It's just a question that we were thinking about when we like we were we were all thinking about when we were watching the show. Obviously, we weren't really theorizing about it online because we were all mm. binging it. But but it's something that I was thinking about during the show. So I thought you should just be thinking about it too. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that doesn't just get dropped into the script by accident. You know, if they if they're saying, "Oh, the baby wasn't in, among the bodies," that's that seems 
convenient. Um, yes, but th- th- at the same time, there has been very obvious examples of red herrings in the show before, like uh, like Noah, you know, Noah's relationship with Agnes, for example. Yeah, uh, that's, well, I mean, Noah's relationship with Agnes was just a straight up lie, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't even a red herring. But uh, yes, you are right. Yeah, okay. So uh, then we get Alexander and Charlotte, Alt Charlotte, both of them, uh, in the power plant. And uh, sort of, uh, Charlotte's doing the thing of asking when you came to um, Vinden. Chasing that Helga thread. Chasing the Helga thread. Yeah, there wasn't actually much else to this episode. No, I mean, it was... uh... The, I, I've I kind of made my my feelings on this storyline uh, clear in the I think it was the last episode where it's kind of feels a bit like wheel spinning this because we all know how it's ending. Um, I do appreciate that they they do want to ground the 2019 story mm-hmm. in at least one of the things uh, that we've seen happen before, just to kind of familiarize the viewer with this idea that that although these events are slightly different in the old world, they are still effectively happening in in the same way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think there was that much there was that much in that scene apart from moving towards inevitable bloody conclusion. Yeah, the only thing is as well, like, you know, there's no Clausen in this world. No. Uh well there might be a Clausen, but he's not he's not looking for um uh Yasin here. So uh but I would say that um I, I would say that the their their relationship here, the fact that Charlotte is leading it, uh rather than Ulrich um is leading this investigation into the power plant. I think mm. that's going to play a part into how the apocalypse happens uh, because it's 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 a lot less contentious is what is all I'll say. You know what I mean? It's not really it's not really um, the same as like Klaus and hunting people down. There's a little less animosity between the power plant and the police in this world. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely true. I I mean the fact that there's um, those two keys and a, what looks like a kind of manual for breaking a power plant floating around makes me think it's going to be a more procedural apocalypse than Clausen just unearthing a bunch of barrels and a portal forming. Um I think the the the, the power plant is actually gonna be broken in some way by by the people who possess those keys. Okay. Uh, I will just throw something out there that back in two thousand nineteen uh in the first season, um Burnt mentioned to Claudia about uh um it, that would be nineteen eighty six in yeah. sorry, nineteen eighty six uh, in November. She Bert mentioned to Claudia that a couple of months before that there was a big meltdown and that's where the barrels came from. Yeah, so I, I think I, I theorized I might have even been in episode one that the, the CUC guys are gonna be the ones who caused that. Um mm. so yeah, I think that's what they're doing. I, I actually yeah, now that you mention it, the, the dates meltdown... don't really line up. However, with with time travel on this show now, it doesn't really matter if the dates line up on stuff, to be honest with you. Yeah, people are popping it's sort up of going everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter, especially if it's like the alt world. We know that the alt world doesn't really follow the thirty-three year rule. Um, yeah, like I think the tunnel does, but apart from that, not really. Which is interesting, actually, because the, in my mind, the tunnel in the prime world only follows the thirty-three year rule because it was opened by the machine that follows the thirty-three year rule. But what then? What was the tunnel opened with in the alt world? Because it was opened with the gold ball. The gold ball doesn't follow the thirty-three year rule. So surely. We've never, we've not seen the inside of the cave, have we? In in the old world, I don't know if we've seen it. Yeah, maybe it's. So, I mean, maybe it could like be you know thousands like a spaghetti of junction. Yeah, yeah. They've got they've rather than the Ariadne thread, they've got like the Ariadne signpost. It's like this way to two thousand and five. If you want to listen to Smash Mouth, go this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, been to the year three thousand. Not yeah. much has changed, but they live underwater. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. So Claudia. 
V Claudia. Oh, I I said the 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 keen eared listeners among you will remember. I believe in season one, I said at some point in this show, I didn't have this in the theory matrix, by the way, but I said in this show there was going to be a scene where a character meets their literal self and they do like the kind of mirrored movements thing, and they fucking do it in this scene, like they're yeah. like. Claudia circles herself and they're staring each other down. And I was so pleased that we finally got to see it. It's got to happen at least once. Um, so uh, you had mentioned slightly, I think, in the in the Christmas Day episode we did on tw- the 28th, uh, that you were interested the, in the idea that old Claudia seems to be fully aligned with Eva. Mm. Whereas that doesn't match up with our vision of Claudia in the Prime world. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts about that? So this episode re- really... It, I don't think it confused me, but it's very hard to know who's telling the truth at this point. Um, I think the presentation—I'll probably go into go into the full the full Claudia scene here because we actually do jump between Claudia and um, Ellie and Peter. But I'll talk about the the Claudia stuff first. Yeah, I think the the sort of expository dump from Claudia here, from Alt Claudia, that is, is really interesting because fundamentally, I trust Claudia as a character both her alt self and and the and the prime world self um but i trust her alt world self less and i think the presentation of the characters is kind of meant to reinforce that so you've got claudia has just buried her daughter she's Mm -hmm. dirty she's she's been grinding you know she's out here in the in the muck and the dirt doing the hard work yeah alt claudia is presented as pristine she's very uh emotionless in the way she speaks Mm -hmm. And I think that's a clue that maybe she isn't to be trusted. Um, And the fact that she's here saying that Eva is the one to believe, um, that the light that our Claudia has spoken about several times before uh, is is Eva's side. and I don't, I don't know if I believe her. I, I and I think it's you. This, this, this bit of dialogue between these two characters is really useful because it, it kind of sets the it clarifies where the sides sit. So you've got Adam will try to break the knot and obliterate both worlds. Eva wants to save both. Yet Eva has said in other scenes that that isn't possible. So she's either lied to Jonas, which I don't really understand why she would do that if there is a possibility of saving both worlds, because mm-hmm. Jonas would be all, all for saving both worlds. He'd be totally cool with that as a, as a solution. So I, I don't see the benefit in lying to Jonas about that. Um, or she's lying to Claudia here through alt Claudia which I think is more likely because if what Eva has said in confidence to the characters who are on her side is true, i.e. the only one world can be saved and she wants it to be her world. Claudia wouldn't, uh, our Claudia, uh, Claudia wouldn't side with that because her, her fundamental driving goal is saving the life of Regina. Mm -hmm. And there's no way she's saving the life of Regina if she's destroying her own world. Um, So I think I feel like I don't trust old Claudia. I, I feel like Alt Claudia is lying to Claudia here, um, and she, this is essentially Eva speaking through her. Yeah, I think I got the same thing from as you. To be honest with you, like if you think if you think of Cloud, Old Claudia here, she's very sort of standing up straight, very yeah. proud. Yeah. Whereas the Claudia we know in the Prime World is sort of like um, a deer in the headlights a lot of the time, and just scrambling around in the dark, not knowing what to do, but at the same time feel like f- seeming competent. Yeah, and like, yeah. and she like, and she's just like, she really wants to save her daughter. Yeah, and like, but sort of is is always like afraid and scared and confident, and like, there's a, there's a whole load of emotions going through her. All I got from Alt Claudia was, "You will do this, 
and it will happen. And it's, it was yeah. very robotic. Very yeah, robotic. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and that 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 just made me not trust her at all because she's very clearly presented as almost the polar opposite of our Claudia. Mm-hmm. And it and she wouldn't be the first character who has quite significant differences in 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 her personality between the alt world and the prime world. You look at Magnus. Magnus is very different in the alt world to the prime world. Uh, arguably one might say a worse character. Um he you know he's a lot more selfish, a lot he has a lot of his parents' worst qualities. And I think alt Claudia might be the same, you know, and and as you say the presentation is it, the difference is stark. Well, I- before the end of this season, there are some clues as to why there is this difference between them. But the yeah. thing that I noticed already is that, for one thing, there's not the animosity between Alexander and the police, mm. which makes me think, unlike there was with between uh, Ulrich and Alexander in the last one, and also the fact that Regina's already passed away, um, and the fact that I think that it's actually pointing, and this is a really strange thing to do to, to surmise, but... I think it's pointing at that the old Claudia was actually a better mother than Prime Claudia. Yeah. And I think that she was in Regina's life more. Mm. And because it, because she was brought into Eva's Eva's way of thinking, she was able to be in Regina's life more. And therefore, she doesn't regret not being the mother to her. Yeah. So therefore, she's not... Stri- like her, it, yes, it's very sad. Her daughter still passed away of cancer, presumably, in her 40s. But because she already had a fulfilling life with her, well, yeah. that's what I'm surmising from this scene. Uh, she doesn't have the drive to go and make sure she lives an extra 20 years. She yeah, had yeah. the time with Claudia. And I think that might be the difference. The driving force is that our Claudia feels like she missed time with her daughter and she was, she needs to make it up to her. Yeah. Whereas the other Claudia is just, it's sad, my daughter died of cancer, but I had a good life with her. Yeah, like the other Claudia feels perfectly happy for every all the events that have transpired to repeat themselves because she has no regrets. Um, yeah. Whereas our Claudia, as you say, didn't get a, a relationship with her daughter or her father really for that matter mm-hmm. um so uh, r- getting a redo is one of her primary focuses yeah yeah i think that is the read of the scene uh we've, we've done it in a nutshell nice um i say in a nutshell we did it in about 10 minutes but still okay so <laughs> uh elizabeth we could talk about this whole scene in one go uh, so basically, Elizabeth uh, refuses to go and look for Francisca and Charlotte because she's saying they're dead. I, we don't need to look for them anymore. They're not anywhere. So she goes back to the caravan. Um, and then a man comes in wanting hot food. And then he sees that uh, he had an opportunity for something else. Personally, I've talked about this scene multiple times with my wife, Ema, and we this, this fella's performance, what I... This this actor is in an un- unenviable position. Uh, to be yeah. honest with you, yeah. Um, there's no one like there's no one who could look at this man again, who's a fan of this show, and not think of this scene. That's my leading um, man. Yeah, he's my. That's <laughs> my leading man. Uh, but uh, the fact that he, I think he portrays like the moment where he's thinking of doing yeah. what he wants to do. Yeah, he portrays it so well in that I can see this man three months ago before the apocalypse was was like living his normal life and maybe under normal circumstances he never would have done this but there's something in him some kernel of this sexual assaulter within him somewhere that in the right circumstance he would try and do this to a woman and uh i thought i'm not saying i'm not saying that three months ago he was a great guy because obviously this might have been always in him but i thought i could see the transition in his mind of him being like oh i may as well you know yeah, I think yeah. This is, I I bought that this is the first time he's ever tried this. 
I think so. Yeah, I think the performance of this character uh, is great, as you say. Uh, there's a he, he's a big guy and he's sort of quite imposing and threatening, mm-hmm. um, and he has that kind of clumsy attempted facade of tenderness uh and the offset where he's telling her not to be afraid and he tries to feed her that's that slowly that's like yeah which which you know obviously the situation is incredibly threatening for ellie uh to begin with but it slowly slips away to reveal this person considering uh sexually assaulting uh possibly raping her and it's it's a it's a fantastic set of scenes i think the first thing i need to mention is that when Ellie and Peter have the argument at the army camp outside the nuclear plant, it's like mm-hmm. they've never seen a movie before. It's like, come on, you you know that he's going to die. Noah's told you he's going to die. You can't be having arguments like this and then storming off because you know that's the last time you're going to have a conversation with him if you do it. Yeah. Um, and as luck would have it, uh, we get probably the most... I'm going to say up until this point, the most brutal scene um, in Dark, I think. There, before there's we a... get on to the actual de- the, the death, Oh, I, 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 we've mentioned the, the actor there, but we also need to give credit to Carlotta von Volkenheim because she did a fantastic job of oh, yeah. being, like, you know, she was terrified. And, like, I think this actress, I've been continually impressed by her. I think she's going to have a great future, but she, uh, especially considering that she's not actually deaf-mute. That blew my mind, not yours. But yeah. um, basically, I, I thought, like, she was really good in this scene too. I just wanted to mention that. But, yeah, the actual, the actual attack part, yeah, I mean, yeah, she is she is fantastic, uh, and and in the, the the scene where she's arguing with Peter as well, like the the drama that those two actors are able to imbue a scene with, even when they can't actually speak to each other, is yeah. it must be incredibly hard as an actor and actress to uh, to do that, but they they manage it perfectly, and it's all in all in their facial acting um, and in the kind of desperation of their movements. So yeah, yeah, as you say, she she's she's fantastic in this scene and the way she portrays her fear of this man, and then we get the. Uh, the the actual assault and and the subsequent violence um it's brutal and it's harrowing um it's it's probably yeah probably the darkest that or most brutal that this show has gotten i think uh and and the sort of depravity that this scene depicts as you say the 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 cynicism um that with which they depict humanity's fall um as as rapidly as it has ha- happened you know three months from this guy potentially being able to pretend he's normal to beating a a, a child and attempting to rape her or a young teenage girl i guess mm-hmm. uh attempting to rape her and then the saving private ryan-esque um knife to the neck of peter doppler uh shot which is just horrific it's yeah it's it's a it's a very very hard to watch seeing this um and even when um ellie bashes his his head in with a fire extinguisher which is probably probably the most violence we've seen in the show so far there's no catharsis whatsoever you're just left with this little girl whose dad is now dead who is now completely alone in a post-apocalyptic world and she has no way of dealing with the violence she's just seen or enacted uh it's it's yeah it's horrific yeah and one thing i will say that the real tragedy of it in my mind as well like further is that if you think about it right i think if you if you went and you went back in time and you went like, say if Elizabeth, Elizabeth, when she's older, went back in time and went up to Peter just before he went into the caravan and said, listen, this is what's going to happen in that caravan, right? You're going to die this, this, this. And then, and Elizabeth is going to kill him and she's going to be alone. Right. I think Peter would just still go in. 
I oh, think, absolutely. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Like he, he averted his daughter being raped. And I think that having said, and, and in that, and in that regard, I think that at that, then his life, his life ending was for a purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, yeah. In I that think this regard. is a natural. This is this is a very natural end to Peter's arc, and and you know, ironically, or I guess it's not ironic because it's very purposeful. We see the beginning and end of his arc as a, a member of the Doppler family here uh, in this episode. But yeah, I, I think for all the flaws that Peter has as a character and all the the times we've laughed at him one thing that is never uh, in doubt is how much he loves his daughters and i as you say i think given the opportunity to change it he would still do this exactly the same way again he would uh, i i believe he would cha- uh, swap his life for for you know his daughters uh, every day of the week yeah exactly um so we've skipped over a couple of things here um first of all we we've skipped over him arriving in 86 Yep. So just before he dies, we we meet his younger self, mm. and his younger self is actually played by um, is actually played by his son, Pablo yeah. Strebeck. Uh, so they look very you, alike. Yeah, yeah. Straight away when you see him, you're just like, all right, there's Peter. Ah, uh, here's Peter. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then we get um, as dark as want to do in its scripts. We get a, a Vinden is like a black hole line, which is like, all right, I see what you did there, Yonche Freese. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's there's a really nice uh, there's a really nice shot actually in this scene. Uh, it's a wide angle shot of Peter and Charlotte sitting on uh, on the bus stop together with a yellow wall behind yeah. them. That's very mm-hmm. pleasing uh, to the eyes. Um, and yeah, the, the the dialogue in this was what made in this particular scene was what made me uh, kind of scratch off my Hannah is Peter Doppler's mother uh, theory because of uh, the way he words. My father's here in the 80s. My mother is dead. I guess technically it could still be the case. Like ha- Hannah could go back to 1888, have him, and then die there and he doesn't consider the teenage Hannah to be his mother but I feel like if you're in if you're in on the time traveling stuff you probably wouldn't word it that way so I, I've, I've scratched that one off okay so who do you do you think his mother is not to do with time travel now I don't know if she's not to do with time travel I just don't think it's Hannah I think Hannah's okay. giving birth to someone else um uh but yeah and the, the one other scene we we missed was uh Altmata getting the cut on her face which confused the hell out of me yeah, the cut on the face. Um, and actually, I just want to mention, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about this, guys, but I'm sure someone in the comments will know. I'm pretty sure that they they went back and put the cut in digitally at the end of season two. Because obviously they hadn't worked out every bit of the everything in season three yet. They had their ideas, but they hadn't worked it all out. And I think when they decided to go this cut route, I think they actually went back uh, onto Alt Marta at the very end of season two and put that on her face. Because if you notice, when they first teleport away from there at the start of this season into the caves in the alt world, she has it on her face there. Yeah. So I think they went back and digitally put it into her just so it's all consistent. But this and this weirded the hell out of you because they've been told to go and do something by uh, Stranger Alt Marta. Mm-hmm. And on the way there, Mar- Marta gets the cut that she had. Yeah. Uh, so what was your initial thoughts on this? Well, so it's a not it's not a big cut. So as soon as she got it, I was like, okay, so that must mean she's time traveling really soon if she's going to go and save Jonas. But then her older self, we know based on the, well, what we know by the end of this episode and the kind of flashbacks that that the older Alt Marta has had, we've seen the death at the end of this episode from her perspective. We've seen her recalling it um, in, in, I can't remember if it was a dream or just a, just a memory, but we've definitely mm-hmm. seen that scene. So how does that work? <laughs> cause, cause if she's trying, like if, the implication here seems to be that whatever they were sent to do uh, by Eva at the power plant would be the thing 
that would accidentally send Marta Marta back in time if that's um if if that's how quickly she needs to then travel back to get Jonas. Yet if if they do that, Jonas can't end up where he ends up at the end of this episode. Exactly. Like they always it feels like it was it was always intended for them to go through the gate and then decide, hang on, we're doing what the, they, they want us to do, and yeah. then go back. So, like, by, by thinking they're changing what they're doing, they're actually doing what always happened. Yeah. Determinism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, there's a line from Jonas in this way. He just seems to reach the end of his tether. Is like, because they're all lying. And I was like, yeah, tell me about it, Jonas. <laughs> like, seriously, who the hell is telling the truth anymore? And I was just like, I, I basically, by the end of this episode, I'm just all in on our Claudia. Like, you're the only one who can fix this, Claudia, because everyone else is a lying sack of shit, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> lying sack of shit slash ignorant sack of shit yeah uh, yeah it's just like for god every like you know when you like to, i i don't have kids but i imagine if you took your kids into like an antique store or something and you're just like no one touch anything all right <laughs> like i'm gonna go and buy something you will just stay here but and, and like that that's what how claudia feels and all the rest yeah. of the cars <laughs> are running around grabbing things and knocking over glasses and stuff it's like stop it stop ruining things just yeah. everyone <laughs> That's how I feel. We get. That's how I think Claudia feels. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's perfect. Um, okay, so we also missed out on the uh, Alt Charlotte and Alt Peter argument as well. Like, so they, yeah. they have an argument, but just before Peter dies, they have an argument in the Alt World. Yeah, and like the, the lovely line, she's yeah. not deaf. <laughs> yeah, you can feel the the writers high fiving each other when they write that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, there's not really much else to say here. Like, this is a storyline we've kind of seen already. Yeah. Um, also, there is the added tension in that uh, that, that Charlotte, uh, Charlotte is cheating as well, but and Peter knows. You know, yeah, exactly. I think we we can all see see what's happening here. Um, okay, so uh, we then get a scene after uh, Peter dies. Uh, we get a scene of, um, or it might even just be just for anyway. We get a scene of Charlotte, Elizabeth, Francisca, all yep. in their middle age selves, yep. <laughs> hugging each other. Showing before, a really fucked up hug, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before Charlotte and Elizabeth don their radioactive suits and mm. head towards the portal. Yeah, so um, my assumption here is that they are going to get the baby Charlotte, probably I, either from, I've said I think Ellie and Noah will go back to either the 50s or the 20s um, to raise the child. I guess it seems like they only have access to the caves, so... It might seem like I'm trying to give you points here, but it's I, you've been burned by theories that have too much detail in them before. If you want to, if you want to predict that they're going to go get Charlotte, don't don't tie a year to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's basically, generally speaking, where, wherever Ellie and Noah are ending up, which given the caves, I don't know, like that, I, I assume it's fifties, but I'm not going to tie a year to it. I think these guys are going to go get Charlotte, bring her to the eighties, and palm her off to Tan House, and then and then kill his uh, kill his family, which is real a real fucking dark development for ellie and charlotte as uh, as characters if that's what they're ending up doing yeah um okay <laughs> so uh the idea of actually them of them going and taking baby charlotte though is really interesting because obviously by doing that elizabeth would be committing herself to a life of heartache but yeah at the same time if she doesn't do it she won't be born you know yeah it's it's it like all of these characters feel like they're just caught in a shitty situation and doing their best to try and do their bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so 
kiss in front of the cave scene. Oh, this a, a, a little bit more of a like you know the perfect match stuff. You know, like you know mm. they they really are just these two characters have so much chemistry. The two actors as well. Sorry, have so much chemistry. Yeah, it's just this weird fucked up relationship from that spans times and spans versions of Marta or whatever. It just works. <laughs> yeah, it, it just works does so well. I, I, well, and and talking about things that work. The chemistry between Lewis Hoffman and Lisa Vicari in this scene is off the charts. And I think you can see the faith that uh, Barbara Odar has in these two to carry a scene because this is all one shot. Um, you know, it starts this re- it's this really nice long take where, you know, you're, you've got an over the shoulder shot of Jonas and Marta. It changes focus from Jonas to Marta. There's a 180 pan around the two of them as they're as they're talking about which world they can save and whether Jonas has made his mind up about it. Then there's a, a slow zoom as the tension builds and this really quick zoom into them kissing and back out again. And it lingers on Jonas as Marta walks off into the cave. It's just like I, I normally I, I, I'm very selective about uh how i feel or which single takes i enjoy because sometimes i feel like they're sort of the director being like ah check this out look how cool i am uh and they they break the immersion for me of watching something mm-hmm. um but it wasn't until the th- the second or third time of watching this scene so i, I reroute rewound it several times just to just to to watch it again that it actually dawned on me that it was all happening in one shot and which is the perfect long take as far as i'm concerned um and it's just yeah, the, these two have such great, these two actors or this actor and this actress have such great chemistry with each other. We've seen it multiple times. Uh, uh, this is probably the best scene they've had together, I think, uh, from a technical standpoint. Maybe maybe uh, not dramatically speaking. They might have had uh, scenes that were more, I, I guess, hit higher dramatic notes. Yeah. But this is this is one of the most striking scenes that they've had together and it's just fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, okay, so next we up we have. I'm sorry, Conrad. Katarina getting killed <sighs> by Helen. Yeah, I I think uh, this actually does confirm one of your theories at least. It does. Yeah, I had Katarina was the lady in the lake. Yeah, well done. Um, yeah. So what did you think? This is tragic. This like the end oh. of this character. We like we basically saw in the last episode. Um, the hint at her being a product of incest and and like we see we we know that her mother has such a terrible childhood herself she's carried on that cycle of abuse into her daughter and and katarina's life oh my god it seems like it seems like she had like tw- her, her saving grace in her life and her, the best thing in her life and the happiness in her life was with ulrich yeah well and that her puts, children and her children which, which came from ulrich yeah um, so that actually puts into so much more perspective what she must have been going through in the first season when she realized Auric was cheating on her because it's just well, yeah. yet another thing that's, that's you know the whole world is out to get her basically and, ha- and how protective she is of her children as well that like this is the one the one good thing she has in her life basically yeah. um, so I'm, I'm going to start things off with a couple of gags so strap yourselves in because there's not going to be a lot of humor for the next 10 minutes folks Um First off, Katarina does the single worst job of tailing someone that I have ever seen. It's like it's just like you're walking through the woods, you're you're not hiding. Like she can clearly see you just walking like five <laughs> feet behind her, Katarina. Like either attack her or don't. Um, and then um, I, I I wrote a, a quick gag here, which is that the real crime her mother commits in this scene is against fashion with that pink jacket and cowboy boots. Um, <laughs> awful, awful outfit. But um, yeah, yeah, actually, I will say. 
I don't think this actress really necessarily looks like she um she should just be in the in in the in modern day, but I don't really think that she she doesn't really suit this eighties look. This actress, what Helena Albers? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. She doesn't really suit this. I suppose it's like it's a little it's a little immature for a woman of her age. But I suppose given her life, maybe she is uh. A little immature. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't like. As, yeah, you're right. The crime against fashion. It sort of, it sort of didn't fit with me for me to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's an odd look. But I mean, I, I you know I was a baby in the eighties, so what do I know? Yeah, um, exactly. This scene is uh, amazing for a lot of reasons, actually. So just to kind of take you through what my my feelings were in this scene as they happen. So so. Helene's reaction um, to Katerina saying, mum, stop it, when she grabs her hand, um, suggests that she feels a connection between them that she can't explain, and it will be explained uh, later. But but she she, I don't think she fully understood it until Katerina vocalised it. And then there's the the scuffle between them. They brawl on the on the shore of the lake, and Helena says a line which I think it, it speaks to her kind of like unhinged mental state a little bit. I don't think it fully makes sense, but it still captures the emotion of what she uh, or the heart of the emotions that she's feeling uh, when she says, "I'm not your mother. The devil sent you. You come from hell. I got rid of you." Um, which feels like Helena is kind of speaking to her own sense of guilt at having had an abortion so young, as well as what it what is probably a sense of kind of self hatred at even getting pregnant through uh, what what we discussed a few episodes ago with potentially as uh, incest, um, and potentially several times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Katerina is this Katerina here is a literal manifestation of those emotions that Helene just bottles up inside of herself, um, as is young Katerina, albeit one that is still still around uh, yeah. for her. But I don't think she's making total sense here, but that's totally believable within the context of the scene. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I guess the one question from this first bit really was, makes me wonder why she kept katarina whether she had a choice uh in the matter yeah well we, we know that she would have been about 27 28 at that point mm. um and i think that at that age she was probably i don't know she probably like she was able to make her own decision whereas so i you... think back when she was early teens or 12 11 years old she would have been being forced to go and get it done um, so you think even though katarina is potentially the product product of incest she decided to keep her keep her anyway um where, where she had yes no, I, I, yeah i think she just probably at that age you know wanted a bit of happiness in her life and she was she she i, I don't know you can't really explain why she would have done it but i think i think i think she i think she did i think that i think the argument that people make for the fact that she would have been like 27 28 when she got pregnant with katarina um as a lot of people who just refuse to believe or like don't don't believe the theory of the incest um, because of the age of Helen, that Helen would have been, um, still be abused I mean, in your twenties. You know, there's no you can, yeah. You can get exactly. You can get like, and if it's a and Her, Herman is probably like around the same age as her, so it's a brother. Yeah. Um. So this is probably or a cousin, maybe I don't know, but it's probably been happening her whole life. I don't yeah. see if you haven't got caught yet. I don't see why he would stop. So I don't know. I just I, I never actually questioned that to be honest with you. I just always assumed that. At this time she was like you know what i actually do want a baby decided like, you know. to keep it yeah uh, i mean and it could easily be that i just in my head i started thinking or oh, maybe she was forced to have katarina this time by by uh the, the guy who was abusing her um and that's that's part of the animosity she has towards her daughter um, maybe that maybe that as well yeah yeah but i mean this 
this scene is such a perfect bookend to this abusive relationship for Katarina. As you say, it, like she's kind of briefly escaped this abusive cycle into a not great relationship with Ulrich and uh, a very good relationship with her children that is unfortunately cut short because of all the time travel fuckery that's going on. Um, but both of them are ultimately haunted by their past and unable to escape it. And I, I love... Um, First off, we see a lot of people getting their heads bashed in with things in this episode. Like it's a mm-hmm. real, real head bashing episode. This is the third one we've seen. Peter Doppler gets the gets the can in the head. Uh, then the the attacker in that same scene gets the fire extinguisher in the head. And now we see Katarina getting getting a uh, hair beaten in with the rock, um, which is I guess kind of a mirror of what Ulrich did to Helga as well. Um, just a, a kind of little visual nod to that, I think. Um, yeah, but- I will say as well about the bashing of the head to death. Sometimes in films, you see people hitting someone over the head with something once and then knocked out or dead straight away. That's one thing Dark doesn't do. Dark's like, no. if we're hitting someone over the head with a rock, we're going to show you that it's a realistic way to kill someone. Yeah, like, we're going to get this... some wet crunching sounds in here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to hit them 12 times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so something they do in this scene that I don't think I've seen them, I don't think I've seen them do in this show before, but there's a, they, they, um, indicate a jump forward in time with a prolonged uh, black screen. Um, and I think that serves as a really effective way to kind of punctuate the gap between the scenes. Like you, you depict something horrific, in this case, Katarina's mother beating her head in with a rock, and then you just leave the audience to ruminate on it for several seconds in complete dark silence. It's a really, really effective tool for that. And then when we return later, the body is disposed of in the lake. The St. Christopher pendant is left for Marta to find 33 years later and that the lady in the lake story becomes a morbid reality. Um, but it, it, it's such a profound loop or why well, it is a loop, but an arc for this, for this character. And it's, it's funny that um, this, this character arc or this, this, sort of smaller arc within Katarina's whole character arc is really what cemented her as one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, it's, it's just very, very grounded, heartbreaking drama in the middle of the wider stuff that's going on um and I, I think the fact that dark has never lost lost sight of the human cost of what is going on and it's just it's kind of depicted yeah. it's never shied away from depicting storylines like this is part of what makes it such a great show yeah it's 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 willing to go to go dark um mm. uh so it's it's just so cool uh okay so next one uh is mickle arriving back now mm. i think that was so tragic the way that they decided to show that yeah, Katarina has just died, and then the next scene is Mikkel coming back. Yeah, and and I and maybe you can correct me here, but I, I wasn't really sure when he gets out of the taxi. He looks up at uh, an upper floor, upper story window in the house, um, and then later on he's looking at the broken window um, in in the uh, in like the kitchen um, or the kitchen door. I don't think he's looking at anything specific there. It seems to me like there's just something that tells him that his mother his mother was here yeah it's 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 kind of like this the, the writers just being like yeah like there's some he can sense something i don't think it's anything i don't think he has the force or anything but it's just like <laughs> what's it's his like, it's, count it's, it's it's for us it's to add to the dramatic weight it's like yeah. if we didn't pick up that the next scene was mickle arriving home well we're gonna give uh, the audience a moment to reflect upon the fact that yeah. he's now looking at the room that his mother was sleeping in where look he's yeah. looking at the window that she broke so i, I think that uh it's just to show how close katarina was to being reunited because let's be honest if katarina did come across mickle in this world like that game's over like mickle's gone with her like even though he's been drugged and even though like the ulrich that came to get him in season two was older so it took him a bit of time to get around to that if his mom at the same age that he left her at came 
he'd be he'd be away with her. 100%. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, it this it's so, it's so heartbreaking that uh, she didn't get that chance to see him again. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, he's, it's, he's, it's really yeah, really sad the storyline. Yeah, it is. Um, and obviously, Katarina, uh, teenage Katarina, um, then uh, sort of has to put up with her mother. Um, we see a bit of a bit of uh, an insight into the storyline of season one with the uh, rape allegation again because yeah. the mother yeah. beats Katarina for um, having a hickey. Um, yeah. yeah, she. I think which, she she realizes that she's actually left the Saint Christopher pendant at the at the at the lake, and I feel like the way the way the actress portrays it is almost like she's lost the last good thing she has, and then yeah. she just like she just lashes out at Katarina for the first thing that she the first transgression she commits, which as you say is having a love bite, uh, and she just yeah just just lay, lays into her as um as a montage starts, which is one hell of a way to lead into a montage. Yep, and uh, as if the uh, Baron Odor gods were sh- smiling down on me um, in order to put those uh, commenters back on my old theory videos to shame, uh, she says, you're not worthy of the name you were given. Because this is the thing I was talking about, Conrad, last week off, off the air. Uh, I was talking about it. There was commenters back on my old videos that for some reason, maybe we were on there, I can't remember, but uh, there was, for some reason, I don't know why, people just thought like, Come on, she, she, no heard relation. The name Ka- she heard the name Katarina when she was 12. It doesn't mean that's why she named her child that. It's like, we're watching a TV show. This isn't real life. Like, they yeah. said it for a reason. And as, as if just to prove me right, and hopefully every one of our listeners right, because I'm sure they're, they're not ignorant people. They know as well. This is showing us that actually she was named after Hannah. Yeah. Which is really sad. <laughs> yeah. And well, and, and you know, it's a, a beyond um, the obvious... Uh, ramifications of the abuse that helena suffered in her early life i feel like katarina is being has always been set up with this revelation as uh having to live up to an impossible standard because she basically is being compared to this sort of angelic kind figure uh who was only in helena's life for five minutes yeah, yeah. Uh, and who has no flaws which is really ironic given it was hannah uh who's probably one of the most flawed female characters in the entire show I know it's 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 so like uh, the, the dramatic irony in the show is amazing, but um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so montage next, and this is the one I was talking about. This is the Hosier song. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, a really good song. It's really pensive. This montage, as I think it needs to be, like it's sort of you know Ulrich waiting for salvation that's not going to come in in 1986, and then Ulrich's not in his office in the old world. There's a lot of people who aren't there. Uh, or or where where you where you expect them to be, which I I feel there's that emptiness that that supports the what we've just seen in the in the previous three scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think it's I think it's you're exactly right, and it's sort of it 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 plays as a nice sort of bookend with the uh, with the first sort of one uh, montage before the credits uh, with with Eva's speech. But um, it's called Life and Death. This episode, we've seen a lot of death so far um not much life uh, no no not a huge amount of life going yeah. on so after the montage i'm sure you were thinking like well after all this horrible stuff we're finally gonna get a nice ending to an episode um <laughs> no. nope <laughs> yeah not in the slightest so <laughs> <laughs> um this is this is actually this this scene is uh it it's it almost works as a i don't know it's like something out of a thriller almost like you can feel the trap closing in on Jonas in this scene. It's it almost reminded me of, of something like Game of Thrones, like where um, you know, like the Red Wedding or something like that, where it's sort of th- this 
you you've come to accept that Jonas is kind of unkillable in this show because yeah. we can see the stranger and we can see Adam and it's like what we talked about previously like this idea that these cycles have gone before so Jonas must survive because how how could he possibly turn into stranger and then turn into Adam if he doesn't and then and, and that's then, why I've been posing I've been posing the question to you time and time again because I knew this scene was coming and I and what? I was I've been keeping trying to get you to lay out your thoughts every time because when you get to this point you really need to you need to have a, a theory as to how this could happen, you know? Well, I so I think, to put it bluntly, I don't think this will kill Adam. I think it would be really odd for in the next episode or whatever for Adam and Stranger to just drop down dead or disappear or whatever. So I think <clears throat> because Adam has had his cycle, he's at the end of his cycle. Stranger has had half of his cycle, I guess. He's in the middle of it. So both of those characters' past has already happened. So what happens to Jonas isn't going to change their past. It isn't going to erase them from time. That's where I where I am with this at the moment. So I okay. think they're still kicking uh, around. I, okay. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to have the same conversation every time, but I'm really looking forward to you finishing the series because there's so much flaws in what you're saying. Because, But I understand why you're saying it, though. I understand why you're saying it because... Um, that's how time travel in TV and film works. You know, like it doesn't need to make sense 100%. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, well this person already exists. So then they're going to have the, that, that, that is fully correct. What you're saying in terms of time travel in film, but ah, there's like, I think once you find out like sort of what's happening, um, it's, it's, there's a lot, I'll say it like this. There's a lot less rooms for, less room for plot holes okay well I'm, I'm really interested to see it because i mean the, basically the reason i arrived at that was because okay if jonas had has lived i'm not coming out and saying fully on you're wrong because i think there are aspects of what you're saying are correct but you're never gonna nail it down perfectly until you see it this <laughs> no i want to i want to get yeah, it right um yeah I, I mean the reason i thought that just to briefly kind of lay it out before we get into the scene itself is because when he's shot and dies although i guess mm -hmm. he's not technically dead by the end of the episode, is he? He's kind of on his way out. I suppose not yet. Like, yeah, then Martha just bails. But yeah, I, I was thinking, so maybe this won't make sense, but I was thinking when he shot, okay, well, if if Adam and Stranger are going to disappear from existence because they've, they've never happened now, mm. everything would change. You know, Jonas would have never gone back in time at any point um, after, after, after this. So nothing that Stranger or Adam has done in this series has ever happened. So basically, I don't know, you'd have like... The, the, you, do you know like in Gremlins 2 where the film breaks yeah. and it goes like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was expecting like that to happen and then Hulk Hogan to come on the screen and be like hey stop messing with the film brother and then <laughs> and then and then we restart the film as if Jonas had never existed <laughs> and it's all everything's fine um, so the fact that didn't happen made me kind of set my mind um, or, or, or reconfirmed in my mind this idea that changing the past won't actually change the past, or changing Jonas's future won't actually change the past of those who've already had it. But I'm interested to see um, what what goes on with this, and I think it's just talking about the implications of this scene. I think mm -hmm. this idea that Jonas, so we know this didn't happen, this entire arc didn't happen with the stranger and presumably Adam as well. This idea that Jonas has been brought here purely to start Martha's cycle and then die is really, really dark. <laughs> like they, they brought him here just to kill him, which is um, actually yeah. to end to end Martha's cycle. Well, and to, yeah, and to end little Martha's menstruation cycle. joke for you. Yep, nice. Because um, <laughs> when you're pregnant, <laughs> got it, got it, yeah. nailed it. <laughs> Pregnancy humor. Um, <laughs> either. 
I still think Eve is a bad guy. This is why I don't trust old Claudia because she goes around, she does the same stuff that Adam does. She goes around killing people. She hangs out with the cleanup crew. She waxes lyrical about the three person, three lives a person lives, which I really love that, that, that monologue. Um, yeah. It's words Adam has spoken before. And then she says, and your Yours last like yeah Here yours now. ends now and it's like oh so shit good. oh shit Jonas get out of there um, did, you, did you expect it to be a slightly older version of Alt Marta to do it because that's think... the cool thing is oh look the bridge between where she is now mourning his death to then be then killing him like how long is that bridge to well, that it's, it's got to be like minutes because she's got like if, if this, all this has gone before like that cut on her cheek is going to start healing anytime now. So she's going to need to go back within like maybe not minutes, maybe like a couple of days at most. But I feel like after this, she's got to go back like now to get Jonas again and do this entire thing uh, all over again. Um, Yeah. But it's really messed up in my head because obviously this never happened to stranger and it never happened to Adam. So how do Eva and stranger master exist? Cause it, yeah. uh... And just to, just to stir the pot a bit more, I will say again, I will, I will say again, okay? Take a year, 19, 2019, for example. Take a day. Everything that happened that day has to happen. Like, for example, right? This is, I, I, I've been thinking about what I was trying to explain to you last week in terms of your, your theory on the time travel. Yeah, think of it like this, right? If you can change what you're doing for the future, which doesn't change your past, mm-hmm. but then you'd get to a situation where you'd have like 15 Jonases all coming home to sleep in the same bed because like how does that work if the world doesn't split or how does that work yeah. if there's no new world because you would you would get to a point where every time you go around there's like a new Jonas hanging about because he did different things like, yeah he- yeah i think it is kind of like a multiverse theory like basically every time i mean it's probably not correct now but every time Jonas does something different um that version of let's say you know that day in 1986 that's purely his day in 1986 like stranger didn't live that day adam didn't live that day so it is kind of like a multiverse thing like every every time it's like it's like like it's actually it could be viewed like a family tree so like it starts off at one point and then everything keeps building out like from yeah okay that's that's okay that's 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 more consistent with what I would have thought at this point. To be yeah. honest with you, but I mean, I, I, who who knows really though? Because yeah. they're all here. That's the thing. Like Eva and Stranger Marta are here. Like, they're not in like they're all you know. They're not in like an alternate rea- like reality where where this this transpired. They're in this reality where this transpired. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because in this reality, Stranger and Adam also never experienced this. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, you are you are going to see something. In next episode which if i didn't have that conversation with you uh and it still might which is fine if it does because there are aspects to it that are corrective as, as i've said it will the, the one of the things you're going to see in the next episode is going to really solidify that thought that you can change your future yeah uh, well i can't wait to see that but uh yeah, yeah. but what, what a scene this is and I, also actually just to briefly mention uh alt Marta has the scar on her face in this scene uh so something's gone on there i i my kind of firing from the hip theory with that is that oh uh stranger Marta gave it to her like there was a scuffle when she was saying I, I think I don't think alt Marta was on board with killing Jonas originally and I think there was you know some scuffle between them where they said you know you've got to you've got to do this and they basically strong-armed her um into doing it uh so I think that's where the scars come from but yeah this is a hell of a scene to end uh, end an episode. I, I, I was. This is probably the hardest it's been not to go on to watch the next episode. I have to say. 
Yeah, I can really see that. Also, uh, again, at the risk of putting you down a rabbit hole that maybe you shouldn't go down, did you notice that one of the, the like the final image or one of the final images was Jonas lying dead on the family tree, and the two family tree looked like angel wings? Oh, I didn't really. No, I didn't ca- uh, catch that. Uh, catch that imagery. Actually, that's that's very cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just made me think like that's why they designed it that way. <laughs> it looks. Oh, cool. okay. So you're saying he's coming back as a as a like force ghost <laughs> yeah. angel. Cool. Okay. For, oh, of course. Yeah. He has to guide his former self. Yeah. Use um, the force, so, Marta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I will say as well at the very beginning of the episode in the um the scene between uh was it Claudia and Claudia? Yeah. To the two Claudias. Yeah. Um. They they uh, all Claudia mentioned Jonas and then Claudia said no he's dead. Yeah. And then they were like oh no he's not dead. Um. And then look what happens <laughs> at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like give it a yeah, old, old Claudia should have been like, I'll oh, give it a give it a give it a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, okay. You ready to go into the round up then? Yeah, let's do it. Alright, so the IMDB rating for this one is nine point four. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a that's about right. This is one of the best episodes, I think. This is the best episode of this season since the first episode, I'm gonna say. Um, it just that's, it was that's well, you said last ep- last week's episode was your favorite of all the whole show, did I? Yeah, so the, last, with the, or- the, or- the origin reveal. Uh oh yeah no that's true sorry yeah I'm, like I'm I'm skipping around. It with just shows it, you the quality it's... of this this third season. That you yeah, that, I mean the last episode was amazing as well actually. I think yeah that there's there's so so far they've all been uh, actually all in fact you gave last episode ten out of ten. Is it definitely episode four? Yeah, the origin. It's because, well, I mean, this completely shoots all of my credibility to pieces, but it's because we've recorded like a million podcasts in the last week, I think, that, that, <laughs> that I'm struggling to remember this. But, uh, well, yes, that I think this was... It's hard because this is so... There's some uh, like really, really technically great stuff in this. Like the scene between Marta and Jonas uh, with uh, outside the cave is, is technically brilliant. And there's some lovely acting in it. The Claudia Claudia stuff is great. Peter Doppler... Uh, death is great the death of Katarina is great there's just so much that propels the plot forward in really interesting ways in this episode that it's it's hard to judge it against episode four's kind of dramatic high points mm-hmm. um because it's this is a very different kind of episode like there are dramatic high points in this as well but this is more of an action-packed kind of episode um I'd say they're probably they're probably on level but level terms I think episode one four and five are are all really really good yeah, and from here on out, this show, well, seven, and eight, seven and eight are going to be the same level. Episode six, it's, you know, we've had so much big reveals and deaths <laughs> happening in the last, you can't keep doing that. I mean, the next episode right. is amazing, it's amazing, but episode seven and eight, I think I think it's going to be, based on what you just said, it's going to be one, four, five, seven, eight are going to be your episodes this season. Yeah, but I mean, this we'll might see. end up being my favorite season based on how much I like the episodes in it, to be honest. To be honest with you, I said uh, I, uh, season two was my favorite season. I hadn't, I haven't rewatched season three as much as I have the others. I'm actually coming around on season three. I, I always thought it was brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I don't know. It's rivaling season two for me now. Watching it again yeah. with you, it, it is. It's such a good season, and everything obviously is coming. Everything's coming to an end, but they're managing still to have you questioning things that are happening right now. But you yeah. still can feel that it is, it's tending to a finish now. Yeah, yeah. We we we've got our. I I still am waiting for them to reveal what Claudia's plans are because that like I'm basically 
now that Jonas is gone, I'm I'm all in on Claudia. I'm just like, come on, Claudia, you've got to fix this. Don't let those alt world bastards win. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Which is how I kind of feel at the moment. Which is weird. Like talking about you know, a, a dark's propensity to do kind of character shifts into a, a bit more of a moral gray moral gray area, not gray ground. Um, like Eva and her like organization actually makes Sigmundus look all right by comparison because they're doing the exact same thing. But at least Sigmundus are kind of like adorably incompetent at times. Like you've got sort of like the stranger and Magnus and Francisca, none of them really want to be in it, but they just sort of have to. And Bartos as well. Whereas Erin Lux are all operating in uniform uh, lockstep and they're, you know, they're all single-mindedly trying to destroy the, uh, the, the prime world so that they can preserve their own one, which is, I mean, it's sort of picking your poison, really. But I, th I think I, I, I don't really want either of them to win, but I definitely don't want Eric Lux to win. Okay, awesome. Uh, what One thing I'll do, um, we don't have any segments today. So just just before we do... By, guys, by the way, we're going to be doing question and answers in the main videos now. Because we're doing our, our movie podcast, we're going, to do, we're going to pick sort of four, five, six questions and pop them on at the end of these for the last three or four episodes of Dark. And then when we move on to the OA, they will, it'll be the same. There'll be no question and answers video because we're doing two podcasts a week now with the movie one. So it just, it, it means we're able to make the podcast that we are putting up better quality. But um, yeah. basically, uh, before we go into the question and answers, then I wanted to ask you a question because it's something that you need to think about as well, is that if uh, this, this Jonas who just died clearly doesn't turn into Adam, right? Yeah. Uh, however, what happened then? Whenever, whenever, you, whenever Adam, Adam knew obviously that when he went to shoot Marta in the Prime World at the end of season two, he knew that that Jonas was going to be there. So therefore, you would imagine that he was there at that point too. Mm -hmm. So how, if Marta didn't come and save him and take him to the other world, because we know Stranger didn't go there, how did he survive the apocalypse? Hmm. It's, I mean, someone had to come and save him. Someone had to come and save him. Um. I mean, who could it be? Like, how how many time travelers do we have left? It's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be anyone from the alt world because they all seem like they're kind of operating. They they all seem like they're on the same side. All the all the alt world folk. Hmm. I think it has to be Claudia. I think it has to be. Like, she's the only one I can think of that 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 might that might save him. Hmm. That's the only one I can think of. I mean, unless there's going to be... She would have to save him after that scene with the two Claudias then. She would have to go back and save him after that because she said that he's dead. E... That's a good point, actually. Yeah, she doesn't She doesn't know. he. Like, she thinks he's already dead at that point. So she would have to find a way to go back to that day and then bring him back to... Uh, bring him to, I don't know, wherever Stranger and Adam went to after that point yeah. which does get a bit that gets into some dicey territory with with how that's going to work because they no one in no one in the prime world seems to have access to a time machine that does that like goes back oh i get no actually that's not true i guess adam's got his portal that can send you back to any day um any day you choose yeah so or it could actually maybe maybe it was agnes because she didn't turn up where I thought she was going to turn up in this episode. I thought the next person Claudia was going to meet was going to be Agnes. But maybe um, maybe she goes... Because that would be kind of fitting for her to be um, the uh, Jonas's daughter-in-law. 
and she got she comes and uh she comes to to bail him out so i guess it could be her i'm gonna say her or claudia but it's it's kind of a shot in the dark at this point all right okay awesome well do you want to get into a couple of questions then yes let's do it stranger from the outside all right so the first question comes from always the foreigner not a foreigner to us not a foreigner to us a welcome Uh, a welcome friend yeah uh so do you think there is a deeper reason for Jonas being pushed into all of these roles uh, towards Altmata, or is it just happenstance? Mm, I'm not 100% sure what they mean by that. What, as in, you know, having to father the origin and uh, I suppose, like yeah, and like being pushed towards towards Altmata in general, I think. Well, they, they need him. <coughs> they, they, they kind of need him to fulfill his role as the, the one who gives birth to... Uh, or the, the one who impregnates Marta to, so that she can give birth to the origin, but that's literally all they need him for. So I think mm-hmm. all like basically everything that Stranger Alt Marta and Eva and maybe even older young Alt Marta, I think everything they've said to him has been to manipulate him. I don't know how to distinguish them. I'm just doing for older young Alt Marta and younger young Alt Marta. <laughs> between, um, well, did we say one's one's innocent alt martyr? Oh yeah, yeah, In- innocent um, alt martyr, and I guess if you punished punished <laughs> alt martyr if you've played Metal Gear Solid and understand that reference. Um, I I think they've been just been lying to him to manipulate him the whole time. I, I think I think punished alt martyr is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it. Um, yeah. I think she is slightly more innocent in the manipulation. I don't think she was. I don't think she knew what she was going to do to him when she went and got him. Um, although she, I guess she must have though, because um, because now the the innocent young martyr, um, innocent alt martyr, is going to go and do it. So yeah, I guess she's been complicit in it the whole time. Yeah, they all have. Interesting. So yeah, fuck them, fuck them all. Quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Flaffle Films asks, which of the three major deaths in this episode did you find the most shocking and painful? <laughs> shocking. Jonas, painful yeah, Katarina. Like uh, I didn't, uh, you know, Jonas. Uh, we we see his older self, so I was kind of like, I'm pretty confident I know a thing or two about how movies are structured, and that guy's not dying. And then suddenly, Marta whips out the the Walther PPK or whatever that gun is and <laughs> shoots him in the chest. Um, painful is Katarina though. Katarina's death uh, is, like, say that that the the grounding of the show in the human drama is I think what sets it aside from other shows that maybe have tried to do similar kinds of, of, of stuff. I think by the third season, I, I would have expected a lot of shows to kind of given up on the human drama and just be like, look at all this cool sci-fi shit we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has not done that. Uh, and it's commitment to seeing character arcs like Katarina's through to the end, even if they're a lot more grounded than the stuff that Yona and Martis is up to, are up to is part of what makes it so good at that. That ending was it was simultaneously perfect and also heartbreaking uh, for for Katarina. Yeah, I would agree. And I'll also say that like Katarina and Peter's deaths, obviously the Jonas one was the most shocking, but Katarina and Peter's, Peter's death, they were both trying to protect or save their children. Yeah. Um, or their loved ones. The thing is, Peter actually, even though he died, was actually successful. Yeah, Katarina's aver- was just averting, completely... Yeah. Kat- Katarina was not successful at doing what she wanted to do and she yeah. just tragic death but, okay I mean, so... other, like character deaths in dark they're like buses like you wait a whole, like you wait like two seasons for one <laughs> and three come along in one episode yeah well you know 
maybe maybe we'll have some more buses coming soon. But, uh, <laughs> so, Vic, let's go. Um, so, Vic, oh, I have to say, Vic, I forgot to say, thank you very much for the donation. Uh, if you want to donate, guys, there's a tip jar in the description. Any donations that come, go back into the into the show. Um, what we've done recently is we have... Um, well, we're starting to plan for like uh, ways that we could make it better in terms of uh, in terms of audio, lighting, all that sort of stuff. We're doing more podcasts now. So one thing we've also done is we've put a little bit of money towards getting some really uh, great uh, opening music for our uh, best movie podcast ever. So that's one way. Uh, and I think that the music that um, Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot made for us is just brilliant. So if you yeah, haven't heard slaps. it, check out our episode that came out last Thursday. Because it's it's unbelievable. Um, they fit the brief perfectly. So that's sort of any bit of anything you put towards us. It's not going into our grocery shopping. It's going into stuff for the channel. Um, and as I say, there's a big announcement for the channel next week, which we're going yeah. to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to announcing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Vic says, "Great podcast as always, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, one of the most touching scenes was when Jonas is dying. He decides to give Marta the pendant. Mm. In episode three, Eva shows him the same pendant and says, "You gave this to me." Uh, this leads to my first question. Why was Eva never curious about uh, uh, about that, and why? Well, why? Why was, why was Eva never curious uh, about why Jonas gave him the pen, gave her the pendant? I think Eva is. I, I guess it's true of Adam as well. Like these characters, once they've kind of reached the conclusion of their their arcs, are very are very single minded to the point of faults in a lot of cases. I don't think. Eva has time to consider why Jonas uh, does anything that he does because she's too focused mm-hmm. on keeping all of her ducks in a row, making sure everyone in the alt world is working together to to try and achieve achieve their ends. Um, so I think that's probably why she didn't question it. I think I, I actually I wonder whether she did know and she just forgot it though because I think when when he when Jonas gives the pendant to Altmata as he's as he's dying I feel like the implication there is very clear that he's saying this is on you to fix now because I I can't I obviously can't do it and it's almost like a it's almost a forgiveness you know it's it's saying I, I to me it read like him saying. I know that you are going to turn into the person who will do this and probably pretty sh- pretty soon. But I trust you to do the right thing in the end. And it's kind of giving it, him giving the St. Christopher pendant to her is uh, you know, metaphorically him passing the torch for trying to fix everything. I still don't think either of these two are actually going to be the one to fix something. I think it's going to have to be someone who is not on either side of this fight because the, the fight just seems like it's populated entirely by dickheads who are willing to do anything to see their side win. Um, but I think that's, that's what... A fair, assess- fair assessment. Yeah. But I think that's what Jonas was me- meant by that. And I think that Eva has just forgotten the- yeah. that moment uh, as she's gotten older. I-, I think she's she's become consumed by her quest to see her side win and has forgotten that once upon a time she did love Jonas. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and Beatrice says... Uh... Is there any scene that pulled on the heartstrings uh, on Conrad's heartstrings in the in a good way, like uh, Peter and Charlotte's first meeting, for example? I think Beatrice is trying to focus on the good stuff in the episode <laughs> rather than all the, the death. I yeah, it's very respectable trying to trying to look on the bright side. Um, let me have a think. The hug between Charlotte, Ellie, and Francisco. Yeah, the, the, the hug between those three is quite touching, even if even if it's all sorts of fucked for timeline reasons. <laughs> you shouldn't all be the same age. Um, but like <laughs> that that is quite touching um 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, the, I mean, the Tanhouse Charlotte scene, I t- maybe touching isn't the right word, but there's a gen there's a genuine fondness and love between H.E. Tanhouse and Charlotte. Um, and you can see, although it's quite a sad scene in a way, because Charlotte basically finding out that her origins aren't what she thought they were. Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a genuine love there um that is that is quite touching and and, and quite warm. Um yeah, I don't think there's much apart from that though. I'm just looking back through my notes to see if I can think of think of anything. Um oh I I actually I mean again, it's it follows a horrific event, but Noah walking in on Ellie, um you know, covered in blood, like shaking, obviously in shock from what's just happened, and the look they share, that that's quite touching as well. Um mm-hmm. say what you will about Noah and what he becomes, but I don't think anyone could dispute that he genuinely cares for Ellie and it's it's a a moment that is will hopefully give Ellie's character some some degree of salvation from from this yeah it seems at this point it's a little bit like a Katarina what Katarina found in Ulrich uh to escape her life now uh, Ellie's gonna find that in Noah um okay so uh question from Atahan it says uh where do you see Alt Yassin's storyline progressing to and why (laughs) um yeah, it's a good question. I don't really know how the apocalypse is happening in in um, in in the alt world because everyone just seems to be ticking along quite nicely. Maybe yeah. um, <laughs> I'll tell you what's going to happen. Like Ulrich's not in his office when uh, Charlotte goes to look for him in the alt world, which to me implies that he's already off gallivanting around the fifties looking for Helga. Mm-hmm. So maybe we haven't seen what Helga wa- was doing at the plant in the eighties. So maybe in this world he was really important. <laughs> like, maybe in the alt world, he ran the power plant in the 80s rather than Bernd and, uh, and, and Claudia. And Claudia stayed at home uh, oh, yeah. as a, as a stay-at-home mum. So maybe by going back to the 50s to beat Helga's head in, he creates like a paradox where um, Helga's no longer able to run the power plant efficiently. And that, <laughs> that sets in motion a chain of events that, um, that causes everything to blow up in 2019. And I, I, I mean, Alex, Alexander will still die, or Yasin, excuse me, will still die. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. That's all I needed to know. I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know the fate of Yasin. That's what yeah. it's all about. Like, we yeah, don't that's, know. That, that's the knot that we need so, to unpick here. Is how do we get? How do we get Yasin to live? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, DJ KL Productions. Questions for you both for fifth episode. Is there a meaning behind the two people that died the same way as Helga uh, should have, getting their head beaten in? Um, Helga so did, fact, I think you mean. Helga did yeah, die that way. Yeah, according to Conrad, Helga did die and he was brought back by the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, Noah brought him back with the Philosopher's Stone or also some sort of ethereal liquid. I think there was something to do with that as well. Yeah, it's something like that. Who knows? <laughs> Feels like a long time is, ago. Uh, if, we, if, we, if we learned anything from Harry Potter 1, if you're holding the Philosopher's Stone, you can't die. So Helga actually just was holding it in his pocket. Yeah, and he was yeah, yeah, Smacked yeah. on the head so much. Like, that's why. Yeah, yeah, like it was, it's, it's, it's all there. It's all in the subtext. Um, As for there being any meaning, I'm not sure, like two of them died and one of them didn't, I suppose. Uh, time, time didn't want Helga to die there. Like we've seen a gun jam uh, before yeah, be- yeah. at the right time. So obviously, you know, Helga's heart just was keeping going because time didn't want him to go yet. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to become one of those dead bodies he liked so much. Uh, and so that, you know, he just willed himself back into existence um yeah. I, I think dead who could say that he was beautiful when dead exactly yeah he, he's no one's there to admire his corpse yeah. I, I i think it's just um i think it's just a kind of 
I guess it's a visual mirroring of 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 that um, that assault. They seem to like shooting people, bashing uh, people's heads in. Maybe they just their sound or their foley team just managed to get really really nail yeah. the sound of like the wet sound of like a skull crunching as someone bashes it in, and they're like, yeah. we gotta we gotta do more of those. Yeah, we gotta have more gotta, of those. gotta get more of that in there. It's the last ten minutes of the last episode is just like. <laughs> Yeah, going down, yeah the, just, going down the line. Yeah, just yeah, just Claudia going. We've got to close all these uh, these potential loopholes. Yeah, <laughs> close meaning kill and yeah, yeah, people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so I don't know if you are aware of it, but uh, do you know that young Peter Doppler is played by the son of the actor, middle-aged Peter? Yep. Uh, his name is Pablo uh, Strybeck. Uh, he took the surname of his mother. After Stephen Campworth uh, broke up with her, do you? Ha- we 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 well the whole uh, breaking up with her thing is actually new news to us, I'm sure. But but yeah. uh, we knew it was his son. Do you have the same feeling uh, that the pace of the season is is, is accelerating? Good question, mm. actually, because if you if we're watching it episode by episode, one week at a time, like when I was watching this, binging it, it very much was like, you know, like you know, like a, an orchestra tuning up. Yeah. Like at the, like the, like the PlayStation Four opening or PlayStation yeah, Three, just, uh, yeah, 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 and it just keeps getting louder and louder. That's what this season is to me. Yeah, I think um, I'll be interested to see what the next episode is like. Now that you've kind of set my expectations for what that's going to be, uh, I think there's definitely the first episode was like stylistically very cool. I really like that. Second and third were were still good, but less happened in them. And then the fourth and fifth, there've been like this this kind of cascading effect of reveals and plot critical developments that have been really exciting so yeah at the moment it feels like it's gathering pace i might change my opinion on that based on what happens in episode six but i mean let's be real we've got three episodes of this tv show left so like if they're not accelerating now when are they going to accelerate the, the next episode is going to go back to like eighteen twenty four or whatever and it's oh. just going to be the, a whole episode in that one place yeah just it's completely like a, new cast of characters a new pilot, hello yeah. i'm i'm jefferson doppler i <laughs> invented the wheel that yeah. wouldn't make sense in 1824 but they use wheels in 2019 so that would actually be a really yeah <laughs> right okay. it's a paradox well, it's a bootstrap paradox the wheel was never invented which is ironic paradox yeah. yeah uh well there you go guys thanks very much for listening this week we are racing on we've got three episodes to go and then we're going to do obviously the conrad theory matrix episode we're also thinking just to get your your minds working because you guys have all seen the show already after we finish season three, we're also going to do an episode. Uh, instead of doing it like a Q and A, we'll do an episode on um, on unanswered questions. So mm-hmm. if you want to give us uh, some questions or unanswered questions, uh, like you've probably asked me them some of them before, I'll have another go at them. But also uh, by that point, Conrad will be caught up to speed with the show, and he can even give them a go too. Um, in my mind, there is no un- unanswered questions. There is only <laughs> possibilities. Uh, Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> just gonna let that sit. We'll let that sit with you there, guys. Um, all right, thanks very much for watching, guys. Uh, apart from that, can you please subscribe? I forgot to say it at the very beginning of the show, but I'm sure you all know. Subscribe, click the like button, guys. Click that like button because it actually really does help. Uh, I didn't think it did, but it actually does. Uh, so thanks very much. Also, comments on this video if you want to ask Connor a question for episode six. Uh, if you want to send us an email, adpodmail at gmail.com. Uh, some people have been sending us some lovely emails through there, so thank you very much. And uh, apart from that, I think that's us for the week. I realize every single time we finish, you know how you say, let's do it. You know how you say that all the time to go into yeah. segments. Well, I always end with saying, apart from that, goodbye. I always say that.
always. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.